Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Bikini in the Brain. I am Coach Adam with TeamElitePhysique.com and I am with the lovely Ashley Kaltwalser. Hi. Happy Monday, Ashley. Happy Monday, everyone. And you know, I noticed you really went all out with your nails this time and your oh, shirt yeah. and your makeup, pink and purple, even though it's not monochromatic, it is, it is two colors and you, you committed to it. Two-tone. You know, <laughs> with the nails, this is like totally a girly thing, but when I'm competing, I have to have like neutral nails but when i'm not and you can you can tell how close i am to a show by my nails <laughs> whenever they're loud and obnoxious colored like this i have for just the listeners my left hand is purple my right is pink so when i have obnoxious nails that means i don't have a show in the next week or so okay but if they're neutral like french tip like basic Ooh. boring that means whoa she has, she's either just competed or she's about to compete if they're like basic neutral Boring nails. There's gonna be a lot of girls peeping the podcast out <laughs> on Mondays. Is she competing this weekend? <laughs> that's such a good. That's such a good clue. But you, you know what's gonna happen? Because because once in a while there'll be a, be a show where we kind of jump into you know at that that week and then we'll be like, wait, what is she wearing on Monday? <laughs> that's so maybe I'll funny. trick someone. Oh, that's Put what you're stickers on top. It's like poker playing bikini. It is okay. so. <laughs> All right. So what do we have on the docket today, Ashley? On the docket. Um, so let's talk about, you know, competing for the long run and having longevity in the sport, you know, because I think most people want to be in this for a hot minute. Yeah, you I know? think that's important. Or at least they say they do. Yeah. But what ends up happening usually is they'll last like one or two years and then just get bored and sick of it, burn themselves out and you never see them again. Yeah. I think it's the burnout is the more burnout. than anything yeah. because who doesn't want to look good and who wants to quit exercising, right? Like it's no one wants to not look awesome and no one wants to not exercise when, if you're going to be competing. So I think that's what we, we can talk about that too. Oh, you know, absolutely. Going into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it is mindset driven too. Like, you know, even if you have the genetics, the physique for it, a lot of it's mindset. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a strong, you gotta have a strong, thick skin and bikini. Let me tell you. And I would say out of all the divisions, probably the thickest skin Meaning, like, you know, with bikini, it can go either which way on any given day. Oh, my gosh, that rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes that can get to your head, you know, sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, you've mentioned before in other divisions, like bodybuilding, more clear cut. You just got to get big and lean. Of course, a lot more physical uh, activity is involved in that. and It's more strenuous on the body. But if I'm talking about, like, thick skin as in, you know, not letting a place get to you or any feedback get to you kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, it, it is a lot less clear and a lot less concise too of who should be winning, why they should be winning. There's always an argument. And I always say to everyone, you know, if you take the top 10 of the Olympia, I can make an argument for everyone in the top 10 to, to, to win the Olympia. Might not be the strongest argument for like 10th or 9th place or something like that, but you can make, oh, well, this one's too muscular. Oh, this one's too soft. Oh, this one's, you know, posing or hair or this or that. So there's always like that argument. So bikini, you know, as we always say, it's, it's, it's an art form of itself specific to the, to the, to the competitor, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone has their own, uh, physique that looks the best on them, whether that be girls that are a little softer, girls that are a little leaner, more muscular, less muscular, taller, shorter, et cetera, et cetera. So we all have our you know, recipe that fits us the best. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, a, and people don't understand too, you know, there's just so many different things you can do with so many different physiques as well. There's no, 
the longer I do this, the more I realize there's no right way. You know, there's no right. right way of posing. There's no right way of walking. There's no right. It's like everything's different, you know? And as soon as you clear your mind of that, you can really kind of free yourself up to be the best you you can be, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, it's just hard. You know, there's like, there was a period of time where um, everyone was doing a walk a specific way. And I was like, oh, if you're not doing your walk that way, it's wrong. Right. But it's not. And then you talk to the judges and they're like, nope. And that, I like actually prefer the other walk. And I was like, it's like, but the only thing is all these guys are showing us this walk right now. So what are we going to do? You know? And I was like, wait, what? I thought that was what you guys wanted. They're like, no, we don't, we don't like that at all. Like, that's just what everyone's doing. What Absolutely. are we going to do? So it's, uh, it's, it's eye opening. the longer you do this. And, and the, the podcast is really great for this because we get to interview some cool people and then we get to hear some insight to it. And, and, and then when you get to talk to these judges, like the upper level judges, now you get to, you know, talk to them and ask them all these questions. They're like, no, I never even thought about her posing being this, like mm -hmm. I never even saw that. What were you talking about? You know? So you think it's a big deal. And I'm like, oh wait, I thought that was a big deal that she did that. Like, no, I didn't even notice it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's so it's so, it's so independent for the person and it's really fun. I really like, because it's constantly pushing me to think of different ways. And then I think of how far can I push it before it is wrong, right. you know? And so there's that. And so, yeah, it's just a fun, I just really like it. And it's, and the problem is though, is if you're doing everything that's not the best for your physique because you're getting stuck in a box of what is right technically and you never push it, then you, you know, you might not excel. You might be one of those people like, oh, it's just not for me. They don't like my physique, but maybe you just presented it wrong the whole time or you came in too lean the whole time because you thought you needed to be, you know, Ashley Cotwalls are lean, but you needed to be whoever else lean, right? That type mm -hmm. of thing. So it's, it's just, it's just, uh, it's fun, you know? It definitely it's is. It's frustrating too, though. Unpredictable, volatile, <laughs> keeps you on the edge of your seat. That's yeah. for sure. So, wow. Yeah. And it's always evolving, always evolving. That's why you got to stay current with all these trends, posing, physiques, all of that. So my question for you, Adam, is what type of mindset should a competitor have if they want to be in this for the long run? Yeah. So here's the, this is going to sound a little bit cliche and a little bit of a cop out, right? But it is, you really do have to get in the mindset of you versus you, you know, and there's not, there's not very many sports where you can do that and kind of, you know, ever really be successful or have, you know, like actually have confidence in that you're doing the right thing. Because the problem that you, the problem that you run into with, with um, a lot of sports too. So for example, like, like nationals would be a good example. I'll have a girl do nationals, She'll get top five. And then the next national show, all these, all these girls show up in her class. And I'm like, geez, this is the hardest class of the night. And she gets eighth, right? Or something like that. Maybe even worse. She's like, I'm getting worse. I'm, I'm regressing. Nah, nah, nah. And I'm like, no, it's just the girls were better at this show. But look, look at your pictures from show to show. You're actually better. But at this show, for some reason, all these girls showed up and they were way better, you know? And that's just, it's, it is what it is you didn't get worse. You have, you got better, but the talent level that was at this show was better. You know, so you run into that too. So people kind of like put too much emphasis on their score this time versus last time. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Um, and so you, you really have to look, look at your physique from show to show and be like, okay, I, I am getting better. So I need to compare myself to myself only. And that needs to be the, the, the tracker needs to be that you need to be confident that you're doing the right things to make yourself better and know that you're going to have huge swings from show to show. You're not going to win every single show. You're, you're, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing, but yeah, you versus you, even though as cliche as it sounds, it really is. This sport is that, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that people need to have uh, to, to do this long-term really needs to be, you need to really hold on to your why, you know, you really need to hold on to your why and you need to be 
you need to be humble the whole time, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's, I think you're a great example of being humble the whole time because people, it's funny because people want you to be more aggressive. They're like, no, I want you to be like, no, I'm going to win the Olympics. This is my stage. Like, like, you know, you'll talk to promoters that say that stuff. You know, I'm the most winning. No, no, no. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't a fight. Like, it's not a, like a, a UFC fight where you're like talking all this back where you're like, I'm the, like, you always, it's, it's so funny. The guys will do that a little bit more. But they expect you to do that. But and I'm like, no, Ashley's not holding back and like not trying to look that way. She genuinely knows like how this sport works and she knows she could be first this day and she could be 10th this day. Like it just, it's just how the sport is. So it's always, you know, I, it's funny because they always put that on you, but you're, you're, you've shown a great example of humility in the sport, but also of, um, of truly accepting the sport for what it is and how the swings could be so huge. So having the right mindset, I think that you have that. And I don't know if it's been, developed over time of going through experience and you've kind of been beaten into you <laughs> or if it's just how you started it but that's important I think really important to to have a real understanding that hey this isn't bodybuilding this is if anything it's bikini fitness modeling right if you want to call it that like as a you can't call it bikini bodybuilding even though it kind of is it's more so bikini fitness modeling because everything else matters with with bodybuilding You'll see guys win when they're posing with their face all stressed and hard and like, like that, you know, and, but the, the judges say, we don't care about you from the neck up, like do whatever you want with that. We don't care. You know, bikini, they absolutely care about you from the neck up your hair, your makeup, your this, that. So it is fitness modeling. You know, you have to take that into consideration. So there's so many factors that, that go into it. So you do have to be, have that strong mindset. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's it. And I thought I, the one other thing, and I know I'm going off tangent here is you have to understand, you know, hold on to that why. And you have to understand that you got into competing because you love exercising and working out mm -hmm. and you decided to take it to the extreme. So never lose that passion of loving exercise because I think that goes away when you turn this into sport for some people mm -hmm. and that's what causes them to quit, unfortunately. Absolutely. So, yeah, going back to what you said, um, it's important to have gratitude. And just so you know, whether you get first place or last place on show day, it is likely that 99% of the human population would never be able to look like you, or I should say they, they don't have the, the willpower to, um, but they want to look like you. So when you're looking at it from a like zoomed out perspective, think like, you know, I worked so hard for this show. Even if I didn't win, I still look better than most of the population ever would. And they probably look at you and think like, I wish I could look like her one day. And you never know who you're inspiring and motivating and who's looking up to you behind the scenes. You never know. Um, I think one of the issues is, you know, sometimes when somebody experiences success, their gratitude turns to greed. And I think that's where you see a lot of pros in particular fall off. Gratitude turns to greed. They'll win a pro show maybe a few, then they don't do as well. They get greedy. They expect it at that point. And you should never go in to expecting to win. You should go in wanting to win and doing everything in your power to win, train like you're going to win, eat like you're going to win. But I'm highly against expecting to win. That is setting yourself up for possibly a disappointment. And it's like, well, you know, if you expect to win and you win, it's like, okay, cool. I met the goal. But if you don't, you're going to just get disappointed, discouraged. And then, you know, if you go in not having expectations and you do win, it's like your first win all over again. And it's like, 
I wasn't expecting that. It's icing on the cake. So just be proud of yourself, you know, and don't let that gratitude turn to greed. If you're not doing as well or things aren't going your way, take a step back and make those improvements. Um, Work hard at it for next time. You know, every show has a learning lesson attached. Even if you don't do well, that's, hey, more opportunities to improve, right? It's more likely that the person that made mistakes and didn't do as well is going to make more improvements than the person that's been winning and doesn't really care to improve because they're, you know, satisfied with that win or satisfied with that look. But there's always things you can improve, always learning lessons. Yeah, that's an important one. You know, when you're when you're on top of the hill, it's hard to justify what you need to exactly. change and improve because you're like, well, I won. You know, like, <laughs> like, those are the ones that get lazy. Yeah. But there's others that are climbing up behind the scenes, like fixing and improving everything. Yeah, that was really well, really well put. And I think, you know, as we talk about the longevity of the piece, we, you know, um, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but why, you know, why, what do we think the main reasons our people are, are stopping, right? Are by jumping way ahead here? Oh, no, I think oh. this flows right into it. I, I do think it's like their expectations were unrealistic. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's what it is most of the time. And we, we've talked about it before. Like you'll see a girl that was, you know, an all-star in high school. She was the popular one and she does bikini and um, maybe she has a great physique, but it just wasn't, something was off that day. Her ego like says, no, we can't compete anymore because you didn't win, you know? And if you really look at it, I always say this, every Olympia champion has lost, you know? No one's climbed to the top was smooth and easy. It's always a struggle, you know, no one's no one's got a perfect uh, record yeah. in this sport. That is unheard of. There's been many losses. For every bikini Olympia winner, there's been many losses, many seconds, many thirds. Some of them even got 16th place at shows before, you know. But they kept going and kept pushing through, learned all the lessons, and was resilient. So I think with that being said, keep your, your expectations in check. Keep that, um, keep it um, realistic, you know? Yeah. It's it's much more enjoyable when you just take it in, in the sense that, like, you've tried your best, you've given it your all, let's see what happens. You're satisfied and proud of the package you're bringing, and at that point, it's in the hands of the judges, and then you go from there. Yeah, ego is not your amigo. That's, that's right. The, that's the best one. That's a Mike Tyson quote. Mm. <laughs> I know, right? So ego is not your amigo. Um, so along with the the ego is not your amigo, right? Is going to be your real your reality of time, you know. And I think that's a really important one. Uh, a lot of people come into this the sport thinking, oh, I'm going to start doing this sport. I'm going to go pro in a year, and I'm going to be at the Olympia in like the, my year two. And like that's like they have these expectations. I'm like, well, how long have you worked out? And and done that taking this seriously you know and they're like oh i've been doing taking it seriously for like six months and i'm like okay cool that's a great start <laughs> you know but the physiques that you're seeing at that level when you're talking about balance proportions density conditioning nailing all these different things and, and and doing it on a repeatable like scale right just keep going and going and going getting better and better the whole time is is a few years it's a few year physique to get to that stage you know um you know, you could have made an argument before that bikini might have been like a one to two year, you know, physique type of thing. But these days when you're talking about the balance, the tie-ins, the density, everything, it, it's, you know, for a lot of people, it's more so of a five-year physique. 
some people genetically, they can come along a lot faster. You might be that two year person, but it's, you know, you're talking about a good amount of time to really take that physique from a good fitness model, bikini physique, which is good on, you know, any beach in America to the best on stage to get a pro card with tie-ins and balance and, and the right proportions and the, the flow and all these things. It's, you know, we're, we might be talking about five years for you. Uh, it just depends on, on who you are, how you were, how you were born, how much muscle fibers you were, you were set up with, you know, what, what your muscle belly's kind of born with. You know, if you have no glutes to start, probably going to take you, maybe even take you seven years to get those glutes to be, you know, round and bubbly. If you have a good muscle belly and good, a good starting point of your glutes to start, maybe you're a two-year person. Maybe you just don't get tie-ins that show up and it's just, you know, it takes you super long to do that. Everyone's going to have a different kind of time frame, So you have to be realistic with that too. You know, we talk about muscle bellies a lot and people don't really understand it, but, um, the muscle bellies is, you know, we talk about is like the, the roundness and how bubbly the muscles are. And, and also we don't talk about is how many, how much muscle were you born with even to start with, you know? So that's another part of it, you know? So if you're, if you have no glutes when you started, yeah, it's going to take you longer than someone who had big glutes in junior high. You know, it's like, it's, it's a, a different amount of muscle to get bigger to start with. Right. So we have to be realistic about those things too, and say, Hey, this is going to take some time. And I think that's what burns out a lot of people too as um, just the time commitment of them. They're like, I've been working out hard for a year and I'm not there yet. And I, I don't know what, I've done everything. And I'm like, you've done everything, but taking time. Like, yeah. but, 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 but taking, you know, cashed in on the interest. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of interest to get to those physiques. And so I think that's a, a good thing, a good reality check for people too. Is like, hey, there's, there's really no sport that you could be an expert at within a year, two years time. I've been exercising for three years now and I'm like, like, and like, you expect to be an expert? Like, look at, look at everyone who's a world champion at whatever sport there is. Most of them, like these guys who get to the Olympics and whatnot, like, oh yeah, I started, I started swimming at seven. There was like a big boxing match this weekend. One guy started at five, one guy started at seven. I'm like, yeah, they're experts at their sport. They're the best at their sport now. They've been doing it their entire life, right? So like, why do we think as bikini athletes and well, not me as a bikini athlete, <laughs> then, um, why do we think uh, that, you know, we started lifting when we were whatever, 21, seriously, and we're going to be pro and, and the top of the sport at 23. Like, that's not realistic, you know? That's not a realistic thing um, for, for most people, for almost everyone, right? And when it comes down to the very, very top, the density that you would need, it's pretty unrealistic for that person. Even, even, a, even a high-level person at two years with the density issues, you know, with having that, that muscle maturity, like, that's going to be unrealistic at that time, so too. So, yeah, just having a, take a step back and like, okay, is it realistic? What my goals are? Do I need to put more time in? Before I throw in the towel, do I need to, am I doing, have I done, put my time in? And so I think that that's good to hear for people too. Absolutely. And while we're on the subject of having realistic time frame, I'd, I want you guys to know this as well. Like, even if you look pro card ready, it's likely going to take you multiple national shows. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've heard of like a new competitor their first year competing and they're already expecting that pro card this year. And I'm like in a perfect world. Yeah. <laughs> and it does happen sometimes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but those are rare occasions. It's more likely you're going to have to compete several times. Uh, even if you look pro card ready, Yeah, you know, it's just sometimes about being at the right place, right time. Um, how your, your peak week goes, all these little factors who shows up, how it's judged, et cetera. So, I think that's such an underrated thing to say because there's 
that that seems to be like the mentality like yep i'm going to start training for my bikini competition this year i'll compete in um april and then by the end of the year I'll, i plan on having my pro card and i'm competing in one national show eh, likely not yeah likely even if you're ready you know and i think for me it took me like what five five shows I think that's kind of like the norm. Yeah, you know? I would say it's probably, that's probably about right. Yeah. I would say it's probably about right, yeah. You know, so I want that to be said because a lot of people get disappointed, discouraged when they don't get their pro card the first year they start competing. It doesn't usually, usually work like that. And I have to say usually because it does happen on occasion, but those are very rare. Yeah, I've had some weird ones too. I've had, I had one girl do eight back in the day where you had to win the overall yeah. and she won like five or six of them, right? And then- her seventh one, she got, she didn't even place top five. And she was like, I don't think this is for me. They don't like me. Nah, nah, nah. And then I was like, just, just, let's just keep going. Do one more. Let's see what it is. And then she wins and she wins the overall and gets her pro card. Right. And so you're like, how does that happen? How do you win? It was like five or six, um, top, th top threes, like, like four or five of them, I think was first place, no overalls. And then all of a sudden get out of the top five when you're on this streak and then you win the overall, the next one, right? These things, it's just, that's just bikini. And I've also had on the other side of things, this happened last year, actually. I'll give a shout out to Brittany Zimmerman, right? So she was, she did a show in Vegas and she thought she wasn't ready for the show in Vegas. Just a local show, right? And I was like, I was like, Brittany, you're, you're going to destroy this show. Like you're going to, you're going to win this show, right? And she was like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready, right? She wins this show. And I'm like, we're going to go to Nashville. She's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for Nashville. She goes to Nashville, wins her pro card, right? So it's funny how, you know, you get, you get all sides of it. You get people who think that they're maybe not ready. And I'm like, just I promise you you're ready <laughs> and you get people who um, think they're overly ready when they're not ready too. Right. And mm -hmm. so um, it's a hard, it's a hard, you could just see just by those scenarios, like yeah. how hard it really is to see yourself, exactly. like to see yourself for what, what you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a, it's a tough thing, you know, to, to look at yourself and say, Oh yeah, I am pro ready. And that's a tough, that'd be a, it's a tough, especially when people are like humble. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, Get, a, get an objective eye like that will be honest with you and talk to you about it and, you know, come to one of our posing seminars and, you know, I'm happy to, to tell you what I think too and always be honest with you. Um, you know, what's funny. It's actually not funny. Actually, I feel kind of bad about it, but I had a girl post on her Instagram from a physique assessment I did, I guess, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, I sent in a physique assessment to Adam like three years ago and he told me like where I was and I was like crying and I'm like, dang, I didn't, hopefully I wasn't like me. I just told how it is. You know, I don't, I didn't say exactly where, where you're at. And then, um, she's like, so, but it gave me so much motivation and I stuck to it. And like, she posted her before and after picture. It wasn't even a client, just someone that I was, was just, um, saying like what she, she did it on her own and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And, and, um, she used it as motivation. So it was kind of cool for her to get that. And yeah. she looked, she looked really good. So shout out to you. She, she knows what I'm talking about. Um, really great improvements over the three years. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it just, you know, you, you got to get that objective eye and you got to see where you're really at and understand it's going to take the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, if we're kind of, um, getting onto another subject of like the physical part of longevity in the sport and, um, you know, diet as well, we all know one of the biggest <laughs> things that, kind of uh, <laughs> takes people away from the stages that off season. Yeah. Ooh, it can, it's a make or break. That's for sure. It's a, it's, it's such a multi-layered thing that people don't, people just don't understand it. And it's, it's really, it sucks as a coach. Cause you're, you've been coaching now for a while 
and like you see it, you know, on and on and off. And it's just, it's a, it's a rough thing because believe me guys, like I know that I harp on this off season things and I wish every one of my athletes was perfect in the off season. That's never going to be the case. No matter what I do, never going to have a hundred percent adherence to my diets in the off season, no matter how good my diets are. Right. And at this point, I think I'm pretty good at it in terms of setting it up for, for a balance of freedom and, and sticking to it. Like even mine, they're not going to be perfect. So this is not a slam on any other coaches. It's just every, everyone's going to have those issues with, with the percentage of their clients. But, um, the, the one thing that people don't think about is the longevity. They only think about the now they think about, you know, no, I need balance now. I need, this is for me, this is balanced. It's, it's, I get to eat in the off season and enjoy my life and enjoy it. And they almost get like, they almost say it with anger, right? It's like, it's never, cause it's like, I'm like, if you have to say something with anger, you're trying to convince someone, right? You're, whether that's yourself or whoever, but they're like, I need balance. I need, and I'm like, it's aggressive. And I'm like, no, just like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, who are you convincing? Right. So, but here's, here's the, here's the problem that you run into. Balance isn't eating tilapia and Brussels sprouts or tilapia and asparagus. That's not balance. I agree. But balance is also not eating, you know, anything that you see anytime you want to eat it and not exercising with your intensity that you know it takes for you to get to the level that you want to get to in the sport. Both of those, I agree, are unbalanced. Both of those. Where's the middle at, right? If you want to do this sport seriously and you want to do this sport and grow like you say you want to do, where do you, how much balance do you actually need? How much balance do the guys have who are performing at the top level in the world in any sport? How much balance do they actually have? Probably very little in terms of their life balance and their effort balance for their sport. So we have to be realistic too, right? And I do think that one of the problems that you run into, the biggest problem you run into with the balance seekers is that they go, they're not balanced and they convince themselves that they're balanced. That's the biggest problem. The second problem that you run into is that when, and this is the long, the long play problem that no one wants to talk about that they'll, they'll only talk about it in a way where it's against prep. They'll never talk about it as a self-reflection of, I did this to myself. It's only prep did this to me, not I did this to me. Right. And no one wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they go so far on the off season. One time they gain whatever, you know, we always use the example of like 30, 40 pounds. Then they get back into stage shape and it took so much work to get back into stage shape the second time. Right. And then they do it the third time. And it's like, it's even harder the third time. The body's adapting faster. You weren't on a correctional diet for as long of a period because as soon as you gain that 30, 40 pounds, which happens in a few months, your body's not fully corrected from the last prep that you had to diet for for nine months because you gained 40 pounds the first time. <laughs> so then now your body's highly adapted. You never correct. You never went through the correctional, like the corrective part of it. You just ate, right? You, you, gained, you gained a lot of weight and yeah, your metabolism might be a little faster, but you didn't go through a long sustained correcting, like correcting um, phase, right? And then you're already dieting again because you don't like the way you feel, right? And so now you do it three times, four times, and it's so hard the fourth time. It's so freaking hard, and you have to give it so much that you're one of these girls doing 900 calories, 800 calories, two hours of cardio, and then you blame the coach. <laughs> My coach gave me 900 calories and two hours of cardio, and it was his mm-hmm. fault, her fault, right? I'm like, what? And then I'm like, well, wait, what did you do in your offseason? And so I always ask this because they'll, they'll come to me with these, these scenarios, you know? My coach didn't give me a post-show diet and I gained 40 pounds because of it. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. When did you realize you were gaining that much weight? And it was because of the coach's diet. Did you ask him? Like, yeah, he should do it right after the show. I'm not going to give him that excuse. They should do it right after the show. Um, or even like, you know, right the day of the show. So they have it right when they're done with it. But did the, 
did you not realize you're gaining 20 pounds and it's still his fault? Did you realize it at 30 pounds and it was still his fault? <laughs> you're at 40 pounds now. Are you going to have any self-responsibility in this? You know, like if I should have stopped or slowed my eating. I could have done more cardio or maybe reached out to the coach and said, hey, I've gained 30 pounds. Any advice? Like at what point is it your fault, right? No, yeah. it's only prep's fault, not mine, yeah. right? <laughs> so yeah, I see that. Mm -hmm. No one wants to talk about it though, right? It's mm -hmm. you know, so... So this is what happens. And then you get to the point where you gain like, let's say 35 pounds or whatever. Right. And then you start prepping and you're like, oh, this is not working that fast. It's not working that fast. It's not working that fast. because You just dieted three months, four months ago, really hard, so hard because you gained 40 pounds last time. And now you had to diet that hard and now your body's really adapted. And so now when you try to diet again, you're still not moving that fast and you're not losing that much weight that fast. And then they make the decision. I don't want to do this anymore because it's too hard. It's not as fun for me anymore because I have to diet so hard. And I have to lose so much. So I'm just going to just like say, oh, no, now I'm just going to say, oh, I'm balanced now. And I didn't like prep and prep ruined my body. And, yeah. and that's why I'm not doing this anymore. And it's prep's fault. It's yeah. all prep's fault. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think, I think um, you know, especially in this sport, there's such a great level of self-like um, uh, accountability that you need to have yeah. when you mess up, you know. Because your coach isn't looking at you 24-7. And you can easily lie, too, when yeah. you check in and and do all the things but in the sport you really need to be honest with yourself and some people just aren't even even when it comes to judges feedback and stuff or they're they're still convinced they should have won that one show because their family said they should have yeah. and their friends told them they should have and they're convinced and they get salty and they quit like you need to have like some accountability you need to be honest with yourself and i do find that a lot of people that do exactly what you're saying, glamorize the whole, I gained weight in the off season. They glamorize it as if it's something they need to do, they should do, and it's healthy for them. And I can assure you, it is not, your body was not made to fluctuate 40 pounds uh, several times in the span of, of two years. You know, it's not, not normal. And, and I always say this as well. No one has to stay as lean as me in the off season. I'm an anomaly. And I realize yeah. that I'm not suggesting that at all. Uh, but keeping it in check will definitely help your chances of staying uh, staying active longer in the sport because it's not as stressful on your body to maintain closer uh, to your stage weight than, you know, going off and on and fluctuating like a rubber band. And for the sake of your skin too, which no one ever thinks about, your skin's not, there's only so many times it can bounce back, yeah. you know? And that's when we're thinking of, you know, the elasticity in your skin, stretch marks, saggy skin further down the line. You know, no one ever mentions that. Yeah, it's true. And and I think it's it's nice to see, too, is that when we talk about the art form of bikini, um, that your that the diet is also an art form, too, for the person. And it's funny because I get in conversations, I mean, gosh, all the time about you and your off seasons and stuff, because people are always trying to figure it out. And um, yeah, you know what I mean? And I accept, I say, this is not something I like start with, with everyone. Like I want to be there with everyone. That's not, you know, being, you know, closer to five pounds above stage weight type of thing is not like the norm by any means. Um, but it's the, we got to understand this is, this is, you know, it's like water. It's just flowing, right? This, this, every, every girl is just flowing, you know, and you have to find what's right for her. Ashley's a hard loser. You know, everyone thinks it's like, oh, she just stays lean. It's easy. I'm like, no, she's a extremely hard loser. I have someone who's 10 pounds above stage weight, um, you know, at five weeks out, I'm, I'm just as worried about that person at 10 pounds above at five weeks out as I am actually being five pounds above stage weight at five weeks out. Like yeah. that's a, a real concern. I'm a good maintainer though. Yes. Good maintainer, hard loser. Yeah. So <laughs> people don't, people don't get that, that this is like the state that it's flowed to, right? It's like, this is all, 
just art for the girl, right? And it's not just that part of it. It's the so it's the physical part of it, but it's also the mental part of it. You know, for someone like you, and this is like a little bit, I guess, exposure on you a little bit, but it's um like on my thought process is okay, how how confident is Ashley going to be if she's five pounds above stage weight three weeks out? And how much is that going to affect her workouts at that point? Like, right. So you have to think about it as, okay, where's her, the confidence. If a girl's in shape at eight weeks out, like she's super confident. I'm killing this prep. No, 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 no. Like the attitude changes in the gym, all these things change, which, which equal the better end result. So you have to take those things into consideration too. You know, you have to consider it, make some people when they're off season, if you need them to grow, and, you know, I want people to be about 10% above stage weight in a, in a, you know, six month off season type of scenario. But if this girl actually feels way better at like, let's say 12%, I'll, I'll let it slide a little bit more. This is where I, where I, at least within my control, um, I'll say, you know what, she's having a little bit more fun. She's having a little bit happy. She's getting better workouts. Like let's let it sit there, right? Let it sit there. Give her a month of, of, um, intuitive eating, but keep it in check, the body fat in check, right? With, there's all these little like flow things that happen with, with bikini, to make it it's the best end result for a, a girl. And you have to like read those things as the, as a coach is read them, like read yeah. what is happening in the athlete psychologically too. So um, if, if you're that person, you gotta, you know, be realistic with it. But I do think that everyone needs to take a step back that, especially if you're the, the people that we're talking about, the, the 30 pound plusers, right. Gaining, um, you know, 20 plus percent of your stage weight, you have to like really say, okay, am I really seeking balance or am I, am I validating myself and my bad, my bad decisions and desire to just eat. Right. And that's the problem is that we really run into in bikini. Cause if people are like that in reality, I would rather them just not compete because the problem is, is, is lifting weights until you get to the stage, like until you get to stage lean, lifting weights, eating healthy is probably the it. Well, it's not probably, it is the healthiest thing you can do for yourself, you know? So I would never want to ruin something for someone who really loves working out. And I've been there before. I'm saying this from experience. I loved I loved working out so much. I still love working out so much. I do it differently now. Um, but I loved working out so, so much my whole life. Like literally there could be, I mean, there could be anything going on, you know? And, and if I work out, I just won't think about it. And I just work worrying out. I'm just working out. And it's like my freeze, my mind. It's like my, I think it's my, my psychology session, right? <laughs> like I don't go ever see one, but I think that's it. I think maybe that's why I'm, I'm still like happy every day. Right. Cause I work out. And, um, and it's always been there for me, but when I would compete, it was, it was a little bit different. It turned into more of the sport, right? And it kind of made it more, less, less fun for me, um, to do that. So when I recognized that, and then I was in the sport, it was cool. Cause I was so in the zone when I was doing it for sport that I didn't really care. I was just doing whatever I had to do to do good at the sport. That's kind of how I am. I just go, like, I can't stop myself from just going hundred percent. And then when I got done with the sport, I was kind of like, what now? Like, what do I do now? It's so weird. Right? And so I didn't, I didn't hate exercising or anything like that again, but I wasn't in the same, like I need to do it. I was taking days off here and there until I like found it again. And I found that love for it again, but some people don't find that love for it again and it's just gone. And if you're, you know, if you're that person where you love it so much and then you hate it so much when you're in prep, you got to find out how to love it while you're in prep. And you got to understand if you're having these crazy off seasons and you hate it in prep because it's so hard, then you're probably not going to bounce back and love it again when it comes time to be done with the sport. And that's a really scary thing. I'd rather you just stay loving it and not go through these huge fluctuations, you know? Absolutely. I think that's very important to be said. And, you know, I know you've touched on it before, but I think it is a good reminder because people will see like, oh, they, they kind of think that excess body fat equals muscle growth. And yeah. it's it doesn't work like that, you know? Um, 
we've said it so many times, you know, it's not, not as if that 30 pounds is doing any more for you than five, you know, it's about the calories uh, in, and, you know, obviously an excess amount of calories, you're going to accumulate more body fat. So you're probably overdoing it at that point. Yeah. People just feel bigger when it is. It's what it is. When I was, they think they're getting gains going on underneath the fluffs. Yeah. Yes. And you just, you're bigger. Yeah. You're bigger when you have more fat on you, of course, you know? So it's a, it's a, I went through it. You know, I, it's a funny, I, I went through it. I know exactly what it is. You know, I, I feel, you feel huge when you're gaining body fat and muscle. You feel like you're making some real progress. You know, it's, you're seeing the scale go up, your clothes are fitting tighter and you just kind of ignore the body fat because it's not like bad yet. You know, you're just like, oh, it's a little bit. And you always say, oh, it's just a little bit of body fat. It'll probably take me a few weeks to get it off. Yeah, a little bit of body fat. It's like, you keep saying it to yourself over and over again. And then one day you're like, shit, I'm fat, huh? <laughs> you're like, I'm fat as shit. Like I'll go up, when I was bodybuilding, it was like, when I'd go, I knew it was a problem when I like was bulking when I was younger. Cause I've been as big as 220. That's like the biggest I've been. I walk around now like 190. Um, but when I was, when I was personal training, I only maintained like 180. I, I was like when I was moving more. And um, so, but I remember I'd like get into my car and it'd be like, like effort. Cause I like a Camaro, it was like a lower city Camaro. It'd be like, get out. And it'd be like, it's like effort. And oh you just my. feel uncomfortable. You go up the stairs and you're breathing hard. Like not hard, hard, but hard enough that you know you shouldn't be breathing that hard. And Do you're your like, thighs touched? Oh, my thighs always touched. Yeah. Uncomfortable. <laughs> I'd wear out pants if I wore jeans. So yeah, <laughs> rub them, to, rub them off. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you would, but you would justify it as you need to do this. You need to do it to get bigger, but you knew that half of it was fat. And then at the end of it, when you got, when you would net the difference after all that work, you're like two pounds up and you're like, and then you're like, wait, am I two pounds up? Cause I still have more body fat to lose. Is this a real two pounds or is this, am I actually leaner now? And you're like, when you get to that two pound, three pound marker above stage weight and you're like close to stage, you almost convince yourself that that is as lean as you need to get because you don't want to lose this extra like mm-hmm. all of this needed to be worth something <laughs> you know so you're yes. like oh no i can't get leaner i can't get smaller than i was the last time and then you're like justifying to yourself oh no i'm leaner this time is why but you can't visibly see the difference it's such a mind game you know <laughs> oh <laughs> it's definitely such, it's a it's a minefield uh, out there definitely definitely so yeah so i mean it, I, I i would say the biggest contributor to people getting out of the sport is the hard preps and the biggest contributor to the hard preps is the relaxed off seasons. I think those are the relaxed. Yep. I think those are the two reasons why people leave the sport. I think that's more than anything. Um, especially today with today's level of conditioning that bikini requires, you have to get so lean that, you know, if you start from where, where you're starting, it's, it's of course going to be a little easier. Metabolism isn't going to be as adapted when you get to that stage where you have to get even leaner than you used to the last time. Um, but if you're starting way out and you have to get leaner than we've ever had to get before for bikini, you know, full tie-ins are, are needed now. Um, you know, we're talking about for most people an extra four weeks of dieting from where you usually were. So it's, it's a, it's a different place, you know, it's a different, it's a different game. So, um, that's something to think about for the long run too. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to enjoy your training and cardio even, you know, I think I would be pretty darn bored if I had to run on a treadmill every day, looking at a wall. That's why I switch up my cardio. I'll go to orange theory. I will run in 10 K races. Like I do fun things for cardio because shoot, I couldn't be doing treadmill for all this time and still like (laughs) 
be like perfectly <laughs> happy with it. I would be so over it by that point. Yeah. So, you know, finding a cardio you like, finding training you like, finding a gym you like, finding people you like to train with, you know, this all goes into it. It's those little things throughout the day that just accumulate to your overall happiness. And I think that's super important. It doesn't have to be as monotonous as like you think it has to be. You can switch it up. It's okay. As long as you're burning the calories that, you know, I know Kimber was doing boxing, yeah, you're doing boxing. Yeah. Like that's fun for a lot of people. You burn a lot of calories. You don't even realize you're doing cardio, you know? So I, that keeps your fire going. Same thing with diet too. It doesn't have to be plain, plain fish and asparagus. There's, I, I keep saying this all the time, 2023, what a time to be alive when it comes <laughs> to dieting. There are so many diet-friendly, prep-friendly options, condiments, sauces, seasonings, way to cook it. You can cook a chicken in like seven different ways. You can put it in the air fryer. You can put it in the, in the crock pot. You can grill it. You can bake it. If you want to boil it, you can. That's kind of gross. You can saute <laughs> it. Like you can marinate it. You know, you can make it taste differently each and every time and seasonings galore and condiments galore. It's so cool. And you can like literally turn chicken and vegetables into so many different meals. Like the possibilities are endless. And with vegetables, you know, especially how we structure the plans, there's many different vegetables you can choose from. It doesn't always have to be kale. It doesn't yeah. always have to be broccoli. You know, there's other vegetables that are similar in macros that you can, you know, consume. Yeah. And it's, you know, maybe slight variances, but at the end of the day, doesn't make that much of a such difference. A, it's such a slight variance. It's like, I know. And we're, like, we're not really, really worried about vegetables over here. <laughs> I, I say like, if you're getting fat off of some extra asparagus, like yeah. I, I think you got bigger problems. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if it's the asparagus. Yeah. We'll do like, just to, to touch on that, we'll do our veggies and we'll give, I don't even know how many options are in there. It's probably like 12 options of veggies. And we just say have a cup of like either of these and the variance between them. Yeah. There's probably 20 calories variance of some or so whenever, but it's the, 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 the mental exactly. freedom of like, oh, I, this is a different meal, a different combination. It's such a nice, almost in between. I like that in between macro dieting place. Yeah. You know, that in between. That's, that's how I like it too. Yeah. That's not super strict, but not loosey goosey eating pop tarts and stuff. That's why I was like, <laughs> when the way that we do our diets, I'm like, I don't, people who want a macro diet or something like pure macro, I'm like, I don't see how it would be much different. Like if you were eating clean, like you're eating healthy to some degree. The how pure would be much macro different? dieting is a lot of math too. Yeah. And entering in every little freaking little grape, like, yeah, that's a tough thing. I, I don't like numbers like that. Just give me some options and I'll pick one. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't like to do the math and enter it. And it's not my, not my thing. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. You know? So I think, you know, that, that definitely, adds on to the longevity aspect. And it might not seem like a big deal, but believe me, once you're doing it for a few years, you're going to be bored of the same things over and over. So you've got to switch it up, you know? Whatever keeps that fire alive, and it's different for everyone. So for some people, it's having a weekly treat meal. Yeah. Like for me, I don't care for it so much because I like my food, but some people, that's what keeps them motivated. Like, hey, if you stick to your plan 100% all week training and diet, you get this 800 calorie flex meal of choice, you know, yeah. it just keeps it like, keeps it fun for people and they get to enjoy themselves. And if they have like a family dinner every week, then Hey, you know, use that. Yeah. I think so. that that's a great, that's, that's one of the key, the key ones. And there's sometimes when someone's like really far out or, um, off season, I'll give them like a macro meal per night. I right. have a couple clients like that, that have families. It's like, I just want to cook and I'll eat, I'll eat clean. I just want to have like a macro meal where I can kind of have a little bit of freedom. So I just, we put their carbs and fats, like a lot in that meal, you know? They like it. It keeps them happy. Keeps a normal type of, you know, 
for their families and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, it just makes it a little bit easier for me to stick to it long term. I have one client's been doing that for like three plus years and um, she still makes tons of progress and she's just, you know, she's a, a more of a health and fitness style and she gets ready. She goes hard when it's they go on vacations. It's a, it's a really cute. It's really cute. Um, she goes on vacations to, to like the beaches and stuff a couple times a year. And then when she does that, she does like a full prep basically. And then the rest of the time it's, it's all that, you know, macro meal per day and that type of thing. So it's just find, you know, finding what, what works for you, I think is the key. Um, but I think you have to find what works for you and, and be true to your balance, like be true to what balance is, you know, and then not, not like what we talked about earlier, it's not balanced to just go completely off plan and eat whatever you want, not work out as much and gain 30 pounds. That's not balanced just as much as tilapia and, and asparagus is in balance, you know? Yeah. So, and I also think what's helpful to keep, uh, keep us all going is having those deload weeks, which are nice, which yeah. are kind of like little rest weeks in a way. Um, it is nice once you finish a string of shows just to be like, okay, I'm going to take a week off from the gym. I might go walking around a little bit here and there, the neighborhood, but I earned this break and it just, it's a nice little mental reset. It makes you want to get back in the gym again. Cause believe me by the end of prep. And if you do a few shows, you're going to be like, Oh man, I'm exhausted. I just, just want to sleep in and not have to worry about going to the gym and just, you know, do what I want to do. It's nice to have those deload weeks and just kind of relax. I don't really recommend that though with diet. Cause diet, take a week off diet. You can, <laughs> that's, that's not good. You can, you can definitely see it on your physique, but as long as you do the right things and you, you keep your diet in check, you can do that deload week and you won't really see much difference in your physique. You'll get like a little flatter, but you're not, you didn't lose muscle is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Those deload weeks are great. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of arguments for when to do them. Um, obviously when you've beat your body up over a show, that is a great time to do a deload week. But I, I will say that there's a lot of people who fight the deload week because um, we have to call it what it is. There is an addiction to exercise epidemic in our industry. <laughs> I was super addicted to exercise for years and years. I mean, I'll just say it was a full on addiction. Like, and there's a lot of people out there that are like that. It's a healthy addiction, but it's still an addiction. And they just feel like if they just miss a day in the gym, that they're going to like fade away. Their muscles are going to fade away. The, uh, the, the progress that you lose is so minimal, you know, and if you need it to be mentally strong, like if you're in the gym and you're just going through the motions and you're, you know, if you know if you are or not, cause I'll go through it sometimes too. And I'll just be in the gym like, oh, I'm tired. It's eight o'clock. I got out of the office. I'm gonna go work out at the gym. And it's this like crappy pump workout. And I'm like, I don't even know why I did that when I got out. I'm like, well, at least I did something. That's like kind of yeah. like my thing. And then I'll be like, uh, but if I take, let's say if I miss like four days or something, cause I was like, you know, I've been doing a, like a lot of boxing lately. So if I miss four days of exercise, cause I'm like too exhausted to go to the gym from that. The fifth day, like, even though I'm exercising with that stuff, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the gym like mentally i'm excited to be there i'm happy to be there my body feels good again and um but also which is probably a bad thing i mean this might be to be the psychologist out there probably like yeah you probably want to do it (laughs) but i feel like i feel i feel fat even though i've been exercised i feel like fat and i'm like gosh i feel soft and i feel like just this feeling and you just like it makes your skin crawl kind of you just can't wait to get back in the gym and you hit it so hard you know and um that happens with even people who obviously not doing, you know, the extra cardio that I'm doing, but people who just take like four days off the gym, five days off the gym, you don't, you never work out harder than the, after the deload week. Like you're so mentally ready, happy, and you want to kill it. Cause you have that kind of skin crawling. Like, Oh, I feel like I'm losing gains or I feel like I'm a little softer. And it's like, it's such a good thing for you versus if you would have just kept working out that week, you'd have had another week of crappy workouts because you're just going through the motion. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing for a lot of reasons. 
um, I, I like it. I enjoy it to, to have that because it's really for my joints and stuff too. You know, I, yeah. you know, so make your joints nice and happy. <laughs> you know, something else I was thinking too, one, one type of personality that tends not to last too long either is the overly obsessive, too precise mm-hmm. body yeah. or not body type, mental type. Like how do I explain it? The ones that will get concerned if they misweight their broccoli by like a gram or something yeah. like has to be super precise. And we appreciate being precise, but I can tell you if I had to live that way and account for every little like thing and make sure I drunk this much of water at this point in the day, setting alarm for this one, I, that's too much, man. It's pretty tough. That's overly obsessive when he gets to that point. Cause we, we know those types of people <laughs> and you know, they tend not to last too long just because can only do that for so long you yeah, know? yeah. I, we appreciate the effort but yeah and i'll <laughs> and i'll say this too and this is um and one reason i'm going to say this is because um elizabeth posted it she posted it too so I, i'm free to say it because it's already out there um but she was out here and she was kind of more robotic with that yes robotics the word we're looking for yeah yes. and it's great it's worked very good for her you know it's worked very good for her but i was talking about longevity and how this is you know i want you to have a little bit of like she didn't eat out at a restaurant for over two years and we we're in vegas and i was like let's go to eat somewhere and it was like it took some effort to get out of that and then uh, after doing it for a little while she was like yeah i'm not i'm not changing like i like worse you know i'm i'm feeling good i'm looking I'm making improvements still. Everything's fine. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, you can still be balanced. You can still live life. You don't need to live out of Tupperware your whole life, you know, forever. And it was a really cool, like, eye-opening experience for her being at, like, the prep house, right? Because she got to do all these little things. She got to eat a little bit freer. She had a donut, right? And it was like, these are things she wouldn't have done, right? And so I was like, yeah, for you to last 10 years in this sport, which I want you to do, we need you to have just, just to be able to loosen up just a little bit. I don't want you to go off track or anything. But longevity wise, yeah, don't, I mean, I don't know if she's weighing broccoli, but you know, that's kind of the perfect example of someone who would be right. And so, um, but it's great. And she's making a ton of progress. And now that she's in prep, yeah, she's back to, back to robotic, right. Type of thing. Just in, just in the prep, but in the off season, I'm like, you know, give yourself a little bit of freedom here and there. So it was, uh, yeah, so it's, it's good. It's, I think, and to summarize this with, with this podcast is, you know, when you're in season, yeah, we want you to be, be strict, but still not be completely crazy about it. Um, and when you're off season, be, you know, a little bit looser, but not be completely crazy about it, right? It's like, that's basically where we're at. And if you're staying in the middle with that, staying in the middle where it's not these extremes, where I think you're going to be able to have longevity in it on, on all things. So um, what is it? it's like, there's this famous saying that lawyers say, and they say a key to a successful negotiation, negotiation is when all parties are equally dissatisfied, right? And, um, I think that's a great, like, you know, lawyer saying, because they talk about it in like court when all parties are equally dissatisfied, that's when you've reached the closest agreement you're going to reach. I think that that's the the best agreement you'll reach with yourself. Like when you're in the off season and when you're in the in season, when I'm not completely free and happiest in the world and eating candy and pizza and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of free. I'm kind, I'm kind of like doing my balance that I'm kind of in prep, but I'm kind of not like, that's probably the place you need to be. Right. They're probably mm-hmm. the same scenario. Um, so I think that that's a, a good thing that we should kind of hone back in for people and be realistic about it and, and do your actions line up with your goals in the off season, which will line up with your long-term goal, which is, you know, doing this for a long period of time, not just, just uh, a firework with a quick flash of light and then you're out, you know? So yeah, yeah, you've been a great, you've been a great example to that. I don't tell you enough of how good of an example oh, you are to these things. You no. know, people, I know you don't like it. She doesn't like, she doesn't like being like a, like the role model type. Like you want to put that on her type of thing. 
But I mean, really, you've done it and you've done it for a, a long period of time and you've um, stayed lean while doing it. You've been humble the whole time. It's a great, a great representative of the sport, Ashley. I know you Aww, don't want to hear that stuff, you. but like, yeah, no, that. I think you've been great. There's been a couple great champions in like the Olympic, but you, obviously I'm biased, but I think you've been the greatest. Oh, and um, yeah. <laughs> in terms of like, you know, how long you've done it, how you've been able to stick to the diet, how you've role modeled in, in terms of how you carry yourself and, and whatnot. And, uh, and how you know, but the main one is just the, the, how you're, you're, you do your diet, you know, how you're, you're, you show people, yeah, you can live lean and, and people, a lot of people want to leave, live lean. And I know a lot of people will give you hate for that too, because they don't, they can't live lean or they don't want to live lean or they think that you're, you're it's bad that you're doing it because they don't understand it. Right. That nope. we've, the, the 40 pound fluctuation is definitely <laughs> healthier than yeah, this. Definitely. Exactly, yeah. If there was any data that showed any health going down, we would adjust. I would there's very few times where I would put my foot down on it with Ashley, but that would be one of them. Oh yeah. I would be like, Ashley, look, let's stop this because here's your, here's your labs and you're not as healthy. Like stop doing this, you know? And so that would be one time. I, and I know you would agree with it too. And it's never happened. We've, we, yeah. you know, we always do like pretty much everyone on the team. We kind of try to run health checks and all these things and stuff oh, yeah. too. So, yeah. So, um, but thank you for doing that. You know, I think, I think the industry should, a lot of girls say thank you to you, but they don't, they don't, you know, see how hard that probably is over a long period of time. I haven't been able to sustain it for long. I eat clean, but not like sustain that level of body for that long period of time. I love it. You know, going back to gratitude, I live a good life. If, if being a little particular about the foods I eat is the hardest of my worries, shoot, I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm doing good. I, I'm living the dream. Like, you know, some people out there that have jobs where they're, you know, in a factory all day or something in the hot sun doing construction, that to me seems tougher than keeping my diet in check. Okay. So give me too much credit over here, but thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I, have I think a- you have a harder job than me. There's a lot of pressure on you because you, um, you know, are in you're the, the boss of a, the coaches here. So yeah. you got a lot to account for. Yeah. You know, what's funny is it's funny, kind of different worlds, right. But the same, like the same uh, thing. I was talking yeah. to Tori about it the other day that, um, cause I'm at a, I'm at a place, I'm at a place in my life where if I really wanted to, I could retire. That's not, that's not a problem. I can buy apartment complexes, live off that or whatever, you know? And it's like, but, um, what keeps me in check is, you know, I don't know. I think I would still be motivated because I love my job. There's times where I was telling Tori, I was like, there's times where, I might get a little bit like overwhelmed or I'll be, you know, it's repetitive and I'll be like, oh, you know, work. And then I'll quickly check myself like, dude, you have a dream job. You need to stop bitching because your job is awesome. You know, like you, and if you didn't have this job, you'd be, what would you do today? You'd work out and then what? Like, what would you do? You do nothing. You do have nothing. So I, um, but what's, what's cool is that because like a lot of the coaches here, like you is you're one of them we'll say, you know, you work hard, you do all these things and we appreciate it, whatever. And I think I love that. And I appreciate you guys saying that, but they don't really, you guys don't realize is that b- because you guys are here, you guys, it's like a, a, a proud responsibility that I'm kind of forced to do it too. And it kind of keeps me motivated because I can't, I can't slack off. Cause right. Cause so many uh-huh. people depend on it. So it's like a, it's a, it's a win-win on both sides. And so, and I really love it. You know, I just love this. I don't know I don't even know how I would retire ever. Like I just love I don't know it so how you much. Would either. I remember the one time you tried to take a weekend <laughs> off I can't do it. Vacation. Maybe if I take and, and, and that you came back early. What, what you like drove to California or something? That was such a joke. I was like, I'm going to go on vacation. Early. I haven't. So, so, so you guys know, I've never been on a vacation. Um, 
that didn't have a competition. It didn't have a competition. Because every show is a vacation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did have a lot of fun this weekend at Wasatch, you know, mm -hmm. and it's funny because I'm always like, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, traveling this. And then I get there and I'm like, it's just fun, you know? And um, yeah, I can't, I am so bad about it though. I'm probably too bad about it, but I was funny. I was planning like my vacations this year. I'm like, you know, we should do another show overseas because we had fun. That's like how we do it. Um, I want to go to Puerto Rico still, but the, but yeah, I haven't, I've never really taken one. So I tried taking one and I just went, <laughs> I was going to go for like the whole week. And I went for a day to a uh, legends pro gym. Cause I love legends gym in, uh, in Victorville, California, Victorville or Applegate. And, um, I went there for a day and a half. I drove back. I'm like, yeah, I just can't do it. Just, just go back. I'm bored. <laughs> Get me back to work. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> so it's cool. You got to do what you love. You know, then it's Absolutely. not, they say, what do they say? If you, if you do what you love, you never work a day. I'm, I'm, we're both living examples of that because for you to sustain what you've been doing for this long, like you really do, there's no way to fake loving it. You have to love it oh, at love a certain it. point. There's like, it. people don't get that, you know, oh, yes. they're just think, oh, she just wants to, she just is so obsessed. And I'm like, well, yeah, we're all obsessed to anyone who does anything at a high level is obsessed. There's no way around that. You can't be successful if you're yeah. not obsessed. But like you have to have a general, like a genuine passion for it to come into the doors Absolutely. every day, you know, especially people don't understand too, is that when you get success, when you reach success, it's, it's a really easy thing to just stop doing things like you don't, cause technically, you know, I'm speaking for you here and I shouldn't, but technically speaking, you wouldn't, there's nothing you really need to do at this point in your career to cement any more legacy. Oh, absolutely. It's icing on the cake at yeah. this point. I'm having fun with it. Yeah, exactly. And at my stage too, like I don't need to make any more. I don't need to do any more. I could just be like, I'm done guys. I didn't, yeah. it's hard sometimes to come in. Like you, you think about that. You're like, oh, I could just not work till nine tonight. Like I, it's my choice. You know, <laughs> it's like, you have to love it. You have to love it. And it's a, it's a great honor, but yeah, you do, you do have to love it to keep going. And so, um, it's cool because it's so funny that we have so many of these like things that are I different know. areas, but they're like the same. And um, so I know like you, I know that I, I can imagine your struggles with it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just cool to see. So um, with that guys, I think if you're doing something you love, you love this as a passion, make sure that it doesn't turn into not your passion, you know? And that's important too. Like one thing I've, I've realized with me is that, you know, when I was doing this for money and I had to make an income and I had to get myself established, like it was a lot more, I would take on more clients. I would do more things to try to, cause I had to, and now I don't need to. So I just do what I want to do now too, which is kind of like how you do it now too. You're yeah. like, I want to do the whatever show. I want to do this show. Like, it's like yeah. not a, I have to do it Absolutely. type of thing. You're always going to have your, your things with any work that are a little harder than others. But this, this is now it's for me. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of semi like retired. I do what I like only now. Like, you know, you get to that stage, which is really fun, you know, Absolutely. and it really becomes fun. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's all fun from here. So yeah. do that with your workouts, guys. Don't, don't turn it into something that it's not fun for you. Cause you got into the sport cause you loved the workouts. Like that's, that's the one thing that's what got me into this is I loved working out. So just don't do so much where you hate it. You know, don't be that person who, you know, does a show, puts everything into it and then does, just goes so far on the off season that you start hating competing and then you start hating working out. That's what I'm really fearful of for people because at least this will keep people living longer and healthier for years to come. And if you go the other way, arguably you shorten your lifespan if you're just constantly gaining and then you stop one day and you, you end up 40 pounds overweight. I'd rather you just been 15 pounds overweight and kind of being in the gym than being 40 pounds overweight and stopping working out, you know, long run. So mm -hmm. yeah. So just be smart about how you approach it, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. That was fun. The good one. Absolutely. They all are good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. Until next time, we'll check you later. Bye.